The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 302. Today, the Bible Study Podcast does a one-episode study of Philemon. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. As I mentioned last week, as we were studying Colossians, we're going to move on to Philemon because one of the people mentioned in both letters is Onesimus, and that is what this letter is about. This is, as we say, a letter. It is also an epistle where Paul is writing from jail, and in particular, he is writing to an individual. There are three individuals that Paul writes to in his letters, and the rest of the letters are to churches, and the three are Philemon, Timothy and Titus. And I think actually where we're going to go to after this study is we're probably going to go on to the epistles to Timothy. But let's read Philemon. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Apphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So I mentioned this was to Philemon, but it is also, as we said, to the community of saints that are in that area that Philemon is. And Paul continues, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all the holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Very similar greeting to the greetings that we get to Colossians. And again, we're talking to somebody who comes from that same faith community, which is why Onesibus, who here we're about to talk about, is mentioned in both letters. But he's basically saying, as I think of you, it gives me joy. It gives me joy because I think of the faith that you have shown, but I think of the actions that that faith has taken. And I think of all the encouragement that you have given me, but also the encouragement that you've given to all God's people. What a great thing to have someone think of you this way in the sense that wouldn't it be great if everyone who thinks of you thinks about how encouraging you are to those around you? Wouldn't it be great if everyone who thinks of you thinks of the joy and love that you express as you walk through your life, that you're touching everyone around you with joy and love and encouragement? And to have someone like Paul recognize that and say it, that's a pretty good way to start a letter. Well, and that's good because Paul is about to ask a favor. There aren't a lot of times that Paul gets as personal as he does in the letter to Philemon. He says, therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love It is as none other than Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. So Paul is writing this letter specifically to ask a favor. And he's saying we both know that I have a position of authority in the church. Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. He's recognized by that as the church. He's recognized by that as the church in Asia Minor that he's writing to here. And he's saying, I could even just order you, but that's not what I want to do. 
I want to appeal to you. I'm not going to appeal to you for me. I'm going to appeal to you for this, my son Onesimus is what he calls him. And Onesimus is a person, it's a man. And Onesimus is a name that means useful. And so there's a play on words here when he says, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in change. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now has become useful to both you and me. So this person whose name means useful has become useful. And we'll learn in a little bit why that is. But Paul points out a couple of things. One is he writes as an old man now and as an old man in chains. He's writing from prison this particular letter. And it's interesting because when we first met Paul way back in Acts, and those of you who have done a Bible study of Acts or who have done the Bible study from this podcast on Acts may remember that we first meet him in the very first part of the book of Acts as a young man. At the time that they stoned Stephen, the first of the Christian martyrs, they lay the cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul. But that is a number of years ago at this point, by the time he writes this letter, and he now writes as an old man and now a prisoner of Christ Jesus, how much Paul's life has changed between those two bookends. He's there at the start of the persecution of the Christians and approves it, it says, and now he is himself in chains for Christ Jesus, an old man. And so why is he writing about Onesimus? And it says, starting in verse 12, I am sending him who is my very heart back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever, no longer as slave, but better than a slave as dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. Now, I don't know if you parse that, but he's saying, I'm sending Onesimus back to you no longer as a slave. Onesimus, we gather from the context of this letter, was a slave, probably a runaway slave, who has left his master and has found Paul in some fashion, followed Paul, ran into Paul later on. We don't know. But Paul has developed a relationship with Onesimus. He has developed a love for this young man, and he is sending him back. Rather than keep him as a freed slave illegally, he is saying, he is a slave of you, Onesimus, and I'm going to send him back to you so that you can do what you think is right. It's interesting because as people in the U.S., when there was slavery in the U.S. in the South, sometimes people used the Bible and the places in the Bible that talked about slavery to say that slavery was right, or slavery was natural, or slavery was to be expected, or whatever you want to term that. This is one of those few places in the New Testament, might be the only place where someone is asked to free a slave. And he's asked to free a slave in a way that I think is really important for us. He's saying, how much better is it to get back a brother than a slave? These are the things that I think the people who were trying to defend slavery weren't seeing because they didn't want to see it clearly, is how much better is it for you 
to have a brother than to have property. He's saying, I'm sending him back to you. You can do with him what you wish. But as a favor to me, what I would like is I would like you to send him right back to me because I find him useful. He's ministered to me in your chains. I'm going to ask you as a friend that you recognize this brother as a brother and set him free. It is church tradition, it is church history, that Onesimus becomes the bishop in the area. That Onesimus is, in fact, freed by Philemon after he receives this letter from Paul. So Philemon, this one who Paul says, every time I think about you, I think about your love, your joy, and your encouragement, does, in fact, take, we believe, Paul's admonition that wouldn't it be better to have a brother? So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one more thing, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, sends you greetings as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. What Paul has asked and what's useful for us to think about as we try to figure out why a letter asking to free a slave written 2,000 years ago might be relevant for today is he said, I would like you out of your faith to put your faith in front of your pocketbook, to put your faith in front of your livelihood, because that's really what he's asking at this point, to say that your fellowship with me, that your relationship with God, and even that your relationship now with Onesimus, this runaway slave, is more important than your pocketbook. It's more important than getting a slave back. It's more important than even being paid to get a slave bought into freedom. That the number one thing in your life is, should be, your relationship with God and others. And now, Philemon, what are you going to do about that? And I think that's the question for us is, what are we going to do about that? With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If, if you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life Podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.